Hello, friends, and welcome to the podcast. This is episode 60 of the Questions Podcast. Last week, I was so socially distanced, I couldn't even show up to record, Mark. Yeah, I was so, I was quarantined. I had so much cold-blooded lead running through my veins. I was as absent as 94% of the Senate when they voted on additional stimulus spending yesterday. Oh, man. I mean, that's probably for a news segment, but did you read this news article? No, I did not. 94 of the 100 senators did not show up to vote on $380 million in, actually, I think it was over 400, like $480 million. Six senators unanimously passed. Nearly a half a trillion dollars in spending on Tuesday afternoon. Wow, and I think I spent money. I don't think that the um, the founders ever had that in mind when they uh, wrote the Constitution. Wow. <laughs> Ninety. You know how many of them showed up for our podcast? Zero. You know why? Oh. They're afraid of our minty, spiritual minty freshness. Yeah, today we have some real spiritual minty freshness. Oh, man. Citrus. I am, it's maybe a little citrusy. I actually. am so high up on the cold-blooded love right now, but I think everybody is. Yeah, man, I think we're at our limit. I mean, I I like to win friends and influence people and be kind to people, but man, I feel like if I had a raw nerve, people are dancing on it. Oh my goodness. This is like really the testing and training ground for, um, you know, reliance on the spirit for the fruit of the spirit. You know, that whole thing we even talked about in the church a couple, well, church online a few weeks ago. Count it all joy when you encounter various trials because the testing of your faith produces patience. It's trying my patience. I was in Lowe's the other day. I, oh. I, had a, I had a 40-minute thing waiting for wire. I actually, I had to go over in the corner and, and pray. I think I, I was getting ready to offer a sacrifice. They had some, oh, they had some chips there, you know. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was praying. Lord. I, th- I think it's worthwhile saying that today is Thursday, April 23rd, and I say that because it'll give us some sort of frame of reference about where we're at. We oh, are now. Is today Thursday? Yeah. Oh, I know. I had to actually look at the computer. Wow. What day is it? Thursday. The 23rd of April. Yeah, um, we're now like 40 days, which is an interesting number, 40 days into our nationwide Sabbath. 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah. That's what I was going to call my marriage podcast was going to be 40 days and 40 40 days and 40 nights. You and I were going to do a marriage podcast. We probably should do that. We should. What would we call that? 40 days and 40 nights. Oh, yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, okay. Yeah. So nine more days and it's a jubilee. All right. Do you think we'll have like a... A whole new thing kick over when we hit fifty days. Will we? Will we be out of this? I think I'm going to be like Samson. We're going to need a haircut, bro. Dude, I totally need a haircut. You That's think, why I'm wearing a hat. Did yeah, you I saw you're wearing a hat today. I, I keep it out of your yeah, headphones. Yeah, yeah. Man, the hair's getting a little crazy. But, well, so I mean, like, if the hair, what are you going to do if the hair gets like crazy? I I threatened just taking the clippers and buzzing it off. See, I threatened, because this is a real threat. This yeah. would drive my wife insane. Yeah. If I went Steven Seagal with it. I Like the ponytail Steven Seagal? Yeah. Dude, you're going to have to get some nice, you know, what do you call it? Some guido gel in there. Yeah, you got to totally guido gel it. You know, do you, I, do you realize there was a time when I had long ponytail? I know, I know yeah. you had big hair at one time. But see, yeah. here's the thing. If you're like 25 and you got a ponytail. How old was I? I was 20, 23, 24. There you go. So yeah. people look at you and go, uh, it's a phase, yeah. right? You but, know what? I fit right in. When I went to Italy a couple of there times you go. with that, I looked like I, I was from Italy. Yeah. But, yeah. well, this, being Italian probably didn't yeah, it kinda hurt helps. either. It kind of helps. With a name like De Benedictus, that might have gotten you There's a the lot gate. of those over yeah. there in Italy. That might have got you another. That's kind of like know, Smith. An extra scoop of pasta or something. Oh, totally. So, but like, 
If you're over 40 and you got a ponytail. I am now over 40. You you better be an Italian waiter. That's what I'm or, saying. Or you have to be the most interesting man in the universe. There you go. Yeah. Remember Rick had a ponytail? Rick totally had a ponytail. And he Kierstead. looked like the... He he had it going on. It, yeah. And he looked cool. He was like the Dos Equis, uh spokesman for a little while. That's what he looked like. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't... We were going to get him to do some most interesting man in the world commercials. Yeah. Commercials for Cross Connection. Yeah. But then he found out the guy was gay and now he's not it. into it. No. Yeah. I don't go to church often, but when I do, I go to cross connection. There you go. Well, right now, people don't go to church at all, except for online. I mean, they're still, they're still engaged. You and I are coming to church. We're here. We're here. Uh, it's a little ronery out there in that sanctuary. It man. really so much is. Oof. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Hmm. I got some bad news. Uh-oh. I don't know if I'm ready for it. You, I think you are ready Let me take for a big it. deep breath. Yeah, cleansing breath. Okay, go. Highway to the danger zone. Oh, man, I know. I'm so, so, so sad about this. Top Gun has been delayed. What potentially could have been our favorite movie of all time. It was supposed to come out in June. It ain't happening now, is it? No. It was almost like a pilgrimage. Yeah. Mm. You and I were going to be out there in line, camping out, be the first two guys in there, maybe have our aviators on. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I would have bought popcorn for a movie, and I don't even buy popcorn. My son walked in, my oldest, Ethan, walked in the other day, and he said, who do I remind you of? And he pulled from behind his back some aviators and put them on, and I said, are you doing Top Gun, son? He goes, I am. You're going to need to work a little harder. I feel the need. Need for speed. Woo! Here we go. Man, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to play it just because I like the sound of it. In the news, nothing, Any, nothing good. Nothing but coronavirus all the time. Wow. I got nothing. Let's see. I, My wife. Is, is this newsworthy? Yes. Okay. She, she, it is newsworthy because she's listening to the sermon on Sunday. Yep. A few Sundays ago. And you were talking about the stress that news causes. Yeah. She took oh, it off yeah. right there during the sermon. Took she the, got news the news right off of her phone. Yeah. And she's been a lot happier person. It de-stressified? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a smart thing to do. Less news, happier. Yeah, and then any of the news that is not on the news that's, or excuse me, that's in the news that's not the COVID thing is really not news. Like Bruce Willis sheltering in place with his ex-wife while his real wife is in L.A. Was this real news? This is real news. And they're all in these spearmint striped pajamas. Oh, that was news. Oh, but you know, and then Goldie Hawn, I didn't know this, but her daughter, she's even still around. She's still alive. Oh, wow. Her daughter's name, I think is Kate. No, Kate Hudson. I think that's her, her daughter, her daughter. Wow. And they were, there was a, this is how bad it's gotten. There was an interview. And how you've, Kate, been, you've been reading your news on people.com. It, well, it was on my phone. Oh and my I had goodness. to find out because Goldie Hawn thinks that. I mean, I go to reputable sources like the Inquirer and well, you're said, on people.com. It's not news. Oh, oh okay. All right. That, what I was saying is, is Goldie Hawn is chastising her daughter because her daughter's too strict a parent. Oh, well, gosh, she would never and her like daughter's how like going basically, house. look, hippie mom that never got married. <laughs> Do you yeah. realize all the problems I had in my childhood is because you never disciplined yeah. me? Yeah. You and Russell, yeah. Kurt. Kurt Russell? Yeah. Man. I didn't, you know. The original baby daddy. Well, where did the name Hudson come from? It's a made-up name? 
She had to distance herself from the uh, Russell I, and the... Who knows? The, these, what did you say? The other... Goldie what? Goldie Hahn. 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 These, these people are... Celebrities are crazy. Yeah. You know what else is crazy? I mean, this was a news story I just saw. Uh, some Trump advisor, the White House advisor, he advises uh, reopening the economy but putting everybody in a spacesuit outfit that we all just cover up with respirators on the entire time. That would be a great way to go to church, huh? Just kind of... <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> Turn in your Bibles. <laughs> in the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah, I could see that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Could you see us come in here in our scuba gear? Oh, I thought about going to the store in my scuba gear. Now, if we, if, if, but the problem is if we are Pentecostal, it only get lasts my, like 40 minutes. Get my halcyon, uh, what do you call it? I haven't forgot the name of it now. Uh, your uh, regulator. Oh, uh, regulator. Thank you very much. Now, shows dive, how long we've been. It's dive been since dive we question. Yeah. Are we at one atmosphere or zero atmospheres right now? I think it's zero. I think we're at one. I don't remember. You know, we're we supposed need, to know this stuff. We, we know, did take the class. Together. I know. Yeah. We need to call your brother and ask him. Nah. Oh, goodness. Very. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so uh, I guess we don't have any news. I got some news. You know, oh. they, they closed down the boat landings. Well, that just ruins your uh, your normal you thing that you do even, on, on May, yeah. Memorial Day. You can't even drive a boat around the bay. It's illegal. I think this is a little heavy-handed. I'm like, let's open up the boat landings. It and, feels very you know, imperial. Sit back and let Darwin do his job, doggone it. Feels very imperial. Yeah. I think yeah. there's something sinister. I would say so. Hmm. hmm. Very strange. Oh, well. Yep. So you teaching in Deuteronicles this? Uh, I think so. I like that. Ooh, there yeah. we go. Here he comes. We're probably going to get like a copyright violation. Where are the plans? Yes. Um, I Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're going to be in Deuteronomy. I'm, I'm looking at the last six verses of chapter one or the first five or so verses of chapter what two. What are those? Because we just got done with the I, spies. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. We just got done but with the experts. It's right around that passage, the experts. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I caught some flack for talking about the experts in Deuteronomy, but, you know. But, but, but I mean, every time I do something People amazing, heard I something catch something I didn't say. Really? Well, maybe I said it. I you you know what I didn't like about the sermon? You didn't like no, my sermon? No, I'm not like hell. Like, I don't want to oh, say I didn't like it. Man. But you know what I you know what I thought? What? I go, you're being way too diplomatic here. Well, that's generally your concern. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just punch him in the face. Come on, no, say what no, you no, want to no. say. I have to you know, you gotta say it in the right way. In you right must way. have given six disclaimers and people still did. didn't hear the disclaimers. I did give a lot of disclaimers. There was a lot of disclaimers. I wanted to make the point that the point that I was making was a point that I made. Like nine weeks ago. And you made that point thoroughly. Like nine weeks ago. Right. But I, I don't know where these people come from. Well, they're you know, like, we, I've always said, the you oohs. hear what you want to hear. Yeah, it was, I, you made the disclaimer and I thought, the more he disclaims. Now, every pastor who's preached a message or a series of messages yeah. knows that people will come up after the service and say, Pastor, that was so great when you said X. And in your mind, you're going, I didn't I say never that at all. said that. But God spoke to them. Yeah. Yeah. Which is well, awesome. So are you a new type of preacher? Like there's name it and claim it. Are you name it and disclaim it? What would you be? 
Because, I mean, you disclaimed. I, I think what you generally call my kind of preaching is grenade-throwing preaching. Yeah. You yeah. pulled the pin, too. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. yeah. I saw I go, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. He's he, got that he little... He has been prefacing and caveating this thing way too much. And this then is, here it comes. There was a glint in your eye, and it but was... But you know, my yeah. message was almost pointless. It, there was... When you said... <laughs> I, when you said your message was pointless, yeah. I go... <laughs> I, just, I just sat there laughing and, and watching. I, I my... got like several text messages on that one. Oh, it was great. The other thing I got text messages from people about was uh, make make America curvy again. Yeah, and the fact that I I put the cure up on the screen. Okay, as a child of the '80s, I was tracking with you. I actually don't know that I've ever heard a cure song. I probably have. I just didn't know it was a cure. I song. sent you a cure song the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, uh, there you go. Um, and then the other thing that I've been getting text messages from people about was uh, when I talked about the parents in America, the new national anthem is up in here by DMX. Yeah. You, you Y'all sounded make like me lose my mind up in here, up in here. You sounded like Peter Jennings. You had, you, you, you remember had the, Peter Jennings. He was soothing to watch. You, you know, had the soul. I liked Peter Jennings. I understand. But when you're white and up yeah. tight, you can't rap, but that's fine. You didn't try to rap. You didn't try to play it off. Well, listen, tell that to vanilla ice. He could rap. Yeah. Well, and you ain't no Eminem. no, no. But that's okay. You're a good preacher. But I like M&M's. The peanut M&M's. They're the best. The peanut butter M&M's are not well, bad either. they melt in your mouth, not in your hands. They do. That's true. For the most part. They're not near as good as Reese's peanut butter cups. <sighs> you know, I had to go on dietary lockdown. You know, I'm, I think I'm entering into that because Christmas 2.0 has <laughs> not been good. No. I, four no. days ago, I go, that's it. I drew the line in the sand. We're done. I'm back. Really? On, I, oh, yeah. I've been back in training. Yeah, somebody asked me yesterday, so how much have you been running? <laughs> I just kind of chuckled. <laughs> to the refrigerator? <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for rubbing it in. Yeah. Thank you. Why? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, can you pass me another Reese's peanut butter cup, please? Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, I've goodness. been riding. Yeah, I know. And it's against the rules. It's not against, they open well, up the it's parks. Kind of, it's kind of, I have not seen that. I looked in the news. I could not find anything okay, that so said that. I'm with a couple people yesterday. We were uh -huh. riding. And, yeah. and everybody's out walking and riding. There's so much joy. And they do get a little snicker on their face like they're doing something bad. Yeah, everybody feels like they're doing something yeah. evil when they're just walking. Breaking the law, breaking the law. So I'm up at the top, and the people look real concerned because they were going to get within like 10 feet of me. Yeah. And I said, hey, hey, a little distancing. And they look at me, and I go, I'm pretty sure I just caught obesity up here. <laughs> and they just started laughing. Well, we've all got it. And I said, hey. No, I'm serious. I was 150 pounds when I started this ride. I just, I got it on the trail back there. There you go. And they just, it made their day. Awesome. You know. But, and one thing that is for sure, because huh. the other guys I ride with, they go, how come you're the, you know, usually the fastest to the bottom of the hill? TJ Tacos awaits? Actually, you no. can't do that right now. No. Um, well, you can go drive through at TJ's, oh, okay, which good. I do. Good. To support it. Well, good. not now, not in the last four days. I've been in lockdown. But, um. No, my Pinewood Derby car is just a little heavier than everybody else's. Oh, so, so you got gravity on your side. It, you, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's fast. It's a physics lesson. Exactly. Kinetic energy, exactly. potential energy, the whole deal. And they don't like it because my bike shorts ride a little low sometimes. So oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They don't like me being in front. Yep. But I go with the flow. We got questions, huh? We, should we do. And you know, I, I can pretty much guarantee we're not going to get through all these because these are like some, some good questions. Okay. Well, should I fire one off here? Yeah, let's do it. 
All right. Monday night on TV, Pastor Miles shared about transcendence. Transcendence. Oh, you must have been on the cable channel. I was, but the cable channel are the older mess. So they're like, uh, they could be like a month or two old. Yeah. Yeah. Because once in a while, I'll get a call from somebody and go, hey, Mark, you were on. That was six months ago. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So about transcendence. That's a big word. He mentioned near-death experiences. Mm. There was a popular book about a boy, oh, I know the oh, book, yeah, uh, who book. experienced one, which turned out to not be true. I Heaven never is thought real it, or something like yeah, that? Yeah. I, I never thought that thing was true yeah, anyway. it seemed a little too drummed up. Dr. Oz on TV will periodically Dr. Oz. have Oz have people on who say they've experienced it. I think they are questionable. What do you think? Okay. I know what I think, but yeah. Well, well, I actually do think that there are a lot of substantiated near-death experiences. I, I would say that the one that became a book called Heaven is Real, that one did get some real... Ultimately, I think it came out that that was... Trumped up. or Trump, That's a great way of saying it. Trumped up. Yeah. yeah. Exaggerated. Exaggerated. Um, yeah. There was a little bit of inception from the dad of the yeah. little child. Yeah. 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 So um, as it relates to near-death experiences, you know, it's pretty phenomenal if you read some of the uh, medical literature on, on near-death experiences because a lot of doctors are, uh, they tend to be more on the skeptical side when yeah. it comes to... Um, transcendent experiences right and they don't have a dog in this fight so to speak no but there are a whole bunch of articles that have been written up in um some of the medical journals by you know cardiologists and neurologists and stuff talking about people that they have encountered and talked with who have had some you know genuine near-death experiences that are unexplainable as it relates to just want to if you just want to filter it through the general scientific view on things they're very hard to explain but they're pretty phenomenal now, is that to say that every single near-death experience is a genuine experience? No, but I do think that there are some. And I actually have talked with a few people in our church who've had genuine near-death experiences. And uh, most of the time when I meet someone who has, they'll say, I've never told anybody this before because they, I thought they would think I was nuts. I've had a few. While you were riding down the hill really fast? No. There's some things you never tell your wife. Yeah. Like, don't take a surfboard to your mother-in-law's funeral <laughs> near-death experience are you still you know never that one yeah n- never yeah. tell her that oh this is good cheese make cheesecake you should totally try my mom's it's the best oh goodness gracious uh, like a month into marriage don't yeah. do that one those yeah. are near death mm. no you know i've actually i've had it, but we're talking about the real ones no i'm the real ones real ones yeah. real ones because my wife is sweet she yes. never get yeah. me not consciously no um no, I've almost drowned a couple times. Surfing? Yeah. Yeah. Broke my nose, got knocked out, and uh, uh, was looking at the top and starting to black out. And I thought, this is... I think the this underwater is... thing might be potentially the worst way. Yeah. Well, I'm looking up, and I'm like... And I was a believer. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, the things that go through your head, out of breath, out of gas, big okay, day, Okay, so you know, you know my dad, Ron Benedictus. Yeah, he had near death. He fell. Fell, quote unquote, fell. He didn't. He, he says was pushed. he was pushed. He yeah. was pushed. Fell from eight stories. Yeah, and uh, lived to tell about it. And he told me that on the way down, um, yep. he said goodbye to everybody that he loved. Yep, that was the the final thoughts that went through his mind. He said the fall wasn't so bad. It was the sudden stop. The the stop was bad. Yeah, he said the sudden stop was painful. He said the dirt was uh, was very soft. Right. And he also said he missed the rebar. Yeah, it was there. I think he told me it was there the day before, and they filled it in with, backfilled it in with dirt. Wow. He went in the hole. That's what ironworkers call it when you fall. Went in the hole. 
Hmm. Not so good. But yeah, uh, near-death experiences, I do think that many of them are for reals. And there are actually some really interesting websites where you can read accounts of people's near-death experiences. And there was a really great book that came out, and I want to say it was by a pastor whose last name, I think it was Burke. Uh, I believe he's a pastor in Texas. And his book is called Imagine Heaven. And I read it when, you know, kind of ironically, when I was doing my study on hell, you remember when we did that series yeah. on hell right before Easter about five years ago? That was great. Um, I decided to read the, the, the heaven side of the story too. And, uh, but that book, Imagine Heaven, uh, he chronicles a whole bunch of near-death experiences and pretty fascinating book. How did we get away with the What the Hell series? Oh, we just did it. And we even used hell spells for the intro. We, did. we didn't get we did. one complaint. No, because we had a whole bunch of people bobbing their heads. They thought of Trevor Hoffman like, was showing Yeah, that's up. exactly what they thought. Trevor Hoffman was going to come in and do the cleanup of the message. You know what I think? Huh? There was no disclaimer. Mm, you just true. threw the grenade. Just rolled with it. Maybe we should do uh, What the Hell Series 2.0. It might be time for that. I, I want to do the one with all the quirky things in the Bible. Yeah, that one. that one's on the list. That just, there's some crazy stories. Yeah. So to answer that question, yes. I think so, yes. Yeah, I, I would do. agree with you yeah. on that. And I, I've actually prayed for a person in the hospital Yeah, that appeared to, she was pretty cold and limp, woke up, and she was talking to Jesus. She did not speak English. She only speaks Spanish, spoke Spanish, but uh-huh. I knew the family. Yeah. And when she woke up, I understood enough Spanish to know that she was very disappointed that she was not waking up in the arms of Jesus, but she woke up in the arms of Mark. Literally or just there? Uh, no, I had my hand on her head. Oh, I was okay. praying, praying with her. For her. Oh. She's an elderly lady, gotcha. and she wanted to be with Jesus so bad. And you brought her back, and she was mad and at And I was praying for oh, She was ticked off. Next time, let me go. And she told me in Spanish, I, I, she goes, I thought... I she was opened her eyes and goes, you the, ain't Jesus. She says, I thought I was falling into the hands of Jesus... And then I opened my eyes. And what she, a letdown. She told her her daughter, she goes, it was just Bubba. Because <laughs> that's what she called me. Nice. Yeah. We had a good laugh. Oh, man. But she did used to call me the Angel de Muerta, the angel of death. Yeah. Because she thought I would, you know, pray. Yeah, there it you didn't go. happen. There you go. Okay, so we answered that one. Yep. All right. Are there prophets today on the two Christian TV stations? Oh, so many of the guest speakers both men and women say God told them and God spoke to them our about favorite, various our subjects. Our favorite phrase. Yeah. Oh, the Lord told me. I don't like those. God both said. current and future events. Okay. Are there prophets today? Um, it really depends on how you uh, read the Bible because, um, you know, Jesus himself said all of the prophets were until John. That's John the Baptist. And um, it would appear that the prophet, as in the office of the Old Testament prophet, is no longer around after the coming of Christ. Now, that's not to say that people do not prophesy, but there's a lot of debate among Bible teachers, scholars, pastors on what exactly is meant when we talk about prophesying in the New Testament sense. Because in uh, Philippians 4, 11, says that Jesus gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, right. pastors, and teachers. So that's after Jesus has come, after the resurrection, after the ascension, after the birth of the church. So he talks about prophets in the church. And then in 1 Corinthians 11, or 12, 13, and 14, we, talk, we read about prophesying. Mm-hmm. But there's plenty of people who talk about prophecy in the New Testament sense after the coming of Jesus is more in foretelling 
the the word and heart of God according to the scriptures and not foretelling the future. So I get a little skittish when people want to try and prophesy over me or over other things about what's going to happen in the in right. the future. And I know you and I have talked about this before. If you're going to step out and try to prophesy and foretell the future, then we want to judge it according to the the actual Old Testament law, right? Which I, would be you're going to get stoned. Yeah. If well, yeah. not stoned like <laughs> yeah, no, 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 stone like stone like a rock. In, yeah. If yeah. your if your prophecy don't come true, you're which getting I, it. I I've pretty much yet to have someone who gave a prediction in my life where their prophecy came true, hasn't happened. No, I I have had people come to me with some wacky oh man for sure stuff and and then i'm like i just i can't accept that it's wacky and it's always in king james for some i was just gonna say did they say thou shalt it was always in so funny we we have a we share a neuron in the brain somewhere now i will say i've had the lord share things with me strong inclination yeah strong sense yeah i agree uh either a word or a scripture or inside information maybe in a counseling appointment or something And never once has it been wrong. Yeah. So I know it's from the Lord. And now there would be a big discussion among people who would be studying the, the gifts of the Spirit right. in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Is that a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, or a prophecy? You know, maybe maybe it's a mixture of a number of different things. But there are a number of times where Lord, the Lord has just kind of dropped something in my mind. And mm-hmm. I go, huh. And, and after the fact, you go, I think that was a word of knowledge. Right. I've had it where I've had... A very strong, you you usually say a strong inclination. Yeah, strong sense, yeah. Um, I, I remember one time, like, I the Lord had shared something about somebody that I needed to watch out for, and it turns out the dude was a creeper in the church, ah. and he was not a good guy. You got the vibe. And it was for the protection of God's church. It right. wasn't, you know, uh, you know. Now, I, one of the other things that you and I have a tendency to say is we like to mimic what we read in the book of Acts where we say, it seemed good to us in yeah. the Holy Spirit. Right. It's like, you know. We think that this was the Lord. Seemed good to us. We could be wrong. We've been wrong before, and we'll be wrong again in the future. Right. I think it's good to take, like when I go to make a decision, like does this conflict with Scripture? Right. Um, does this? Am I exercising godly wisdom? Uh, and what, let's look at the cert, and then praying and asking the Lord to maybe confirm something. Uh, but yeah, the, I think both you and I get a little. Uh, suspect of people who repeatedly say things like the Lord told me. Um, yeah. I get a little concerned by that, you know, attaching thus saith the Lord to every new idea you have, I think is questionable and not a good idea. And then according to this actual question, the way that it was posed um, on the two Christian TV stations, uh, I, I would say, you know what, just like take a fast from the news. Maybe don't watch those channels. Yeah, they're not good for you. I mean, there are some okay good things on those channels because, mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes Greg Laurie will be on some of those channels or David Jeremiah, I would say, for the most part, is a good, solid teacher. There's some good teachers on there, but you got to spit out a lot of bones to get to the fish on yeah. those channels. Uh, one of the things I really don't like um, about, I think is I'm very cautious of when people say, well, the Lord told me and this and that. It shows a familiarity with... I think too much of a familiarity with the Lord. It, it, you need to respect the name of the Lord. That's a good point. He takes it seriously. And so when I invoked... That that could be a taking the Lord's name in vain kind of thing? Yeah. And yeah. so when Loosely I invoke the it. name of the Lord in something, um, you're really making a really big statement. And I think in right. our culture, we don't realize how big a statement you're making. And as a believer, and uh, uh, 
a person who, you know, has a deep, very deep relationship with the creator of the universe, I would be, I would advise people to be very careful about how they use the Lord's name uh, when they're attaching the credibility of God to something they're puzzling around in their noodle. Yeah. I think that shows a great deal of disrespect and a familiarity that I think is unhealthy, and it shows a lack of fear for the Lord. Now, And you give an account. And you're going to give an account of that. And yeah. and um, now, is God gracious? Does he love us? Obviously, he has Thank proven God. that with his yeah. son on the cross. But I would just encourage believers to really be careful about that. Don't let that become part of your vocabulary. Truly. So, all right. I think we answered that one plus some. You know, my wife, though, does some pr- pretty prophetic things sometimes. Oh, yeah? I remember when the kids were sitting there. We call them home prophecies. Ah, Kids ride his bike around. He goes, he. Oh my gosh, I don't like those ones. He's gonna crash. Oh man, <gasps> they crash. You know, uh, You're gonna spill that one, milk. <laughs> my one experience on a dirt bike. Uh huh. Five minutes before I started going to the ER, mm-hmm. my mom looked at me and my little brother, and she said, "You're gonna hurt yourself." And she turned around and walked in the house. Sure enough. Five minutes later, I was taking a ride to the ER. Home profit. Like, yeah, thank you very much. Yep. We. Yeah. You're going to spill that milk. So, so I, um, in my teaching on prophecy in the past, because mm-hmm. I've taught a few times on how to interpret prophecy here at the church, one of the things that I talk about is there is a form of prophecy that you find in the scriptures a lot. And we're going to be talking about this quite a bit in the book of Deuteronomy, which is what I would generally for, refer to as cause and effect predictive prophecy. Yeah. That God is saying, if you do this, then you yep. will have this happen. Mm-hmm. And that happens a lot. And I do think that there have been a number of times in my ministry, and I think you would, oh, yeah. you would agree, where you tell people, hey, if you keep doing this, this is what's going to happen. Yep. And then they come back about a year or two later, and they go, how did you know? It's like, well, because I'm, I, have, I have the Bible, mm-hmm. and I have enough common sense to say, yeah, what you're doing is dumb. And, and you're playing with fire, happen. and you're right? going to get Absolutely. burned. Yeah. yeah. How did you know I was going to get pregnant? Well, I told you, you should probably stop sleeping around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Because normally that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. So anyway, so not to be confused with home prophecies. There you go. Yeah. Number three. All right. Deuteronomy 135, Israel won't be allowed into the promised land due to unbelief and disobedience. Mm. 215, the older generation has died and they can go in. What did the people think during this time? Were they just waiting for the older generation to die and the younger generation to grow up and be strong? No, they were they were waiting on the coronavirus to knock go, all man. us old people off. Yeah. What did the people think during the time? Are they just waiting for the older people? Okay. And the gen- younger generation to grow up and be strong for 38 years, just waiting. A very trying time for tick, Moses, talk, knowing tick, that he would talk, not enter tick, too. Talk. I, I can't speculate what they were thinking i don't know what were they thinking yeah i don't know 40 years 40 years yeah i don't know that's a good question but i can't speculate what the people were thinking i maybe they were thinking like gosh this guy just needs to go then we can go in the promised land yeah well but even when they're on the edge of it (laughs) that would be terrible yeah, they weren't in, yeah. Are you done yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's pull this dude off life support. Come on, oh, pull the man. plug. It's like, he's 29. What are you doing? Oh, goodness Oh, gracious. man. No, I think that God had to wring some things out of his people. Just We're going to be talking about 
Disobedience and unbelief a little bit more. Right, well, I'm not going to spoil it. Oh, boy. Four, my grandma and so many more Jewish people Ooh. never heard about Jesus. Heavy question. heavy question. Where is she, in heaven or hell? Well, again, if you go back and listen to my series called What, what the Hell, it actually was what the Bible says about hell. Yeah, but you made that really know, fine print was, to make it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I do talk about this quite a bit. I think it was in the third of the three messages. And um, and I, I think it's it's important for us to always acknowledge that we do not know specifically where a person is at with the Lord um, throughout their life or at the time of their death. We don't. And we can trust that our God is gracious and merciful. He declares himself to be merciful. One of my favorite passages in the Old Testament is found in Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, where God declares his name and kind of defines his His nature for us. And the very first thing he uses, the first word he uses to describe himself is merciful. And so we uh, we should really always you know, cast ourselves upon the mercy of God and trust that God is going to be more just than we ever could be and more merciful than we could ever be. So we just don't know about uh, grandma or grandpa or those people, but we do know that salvation is only found in and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. There is no salvation apart from the uh, the sacrifice of Christ and Him dealing with our sin. So maybe it'd be good for you to take a two minute detour, yeah, and explain to because you're going to get because we have a lot of new people at the church, uh huh, and they they're some of them aren't church people, and it, maybe to explain a little bit like what happened before Jesus, yeah. To people. Right. So so based on what we can tell from the scriptures, and I think that there's a number of places where we find some allusions to this. One of those is Luke 16, where Jesus tells this really interesting story about a rich man and Lazarus who died. And Lazarus was carried to a place of comfort that is referred to as? Abraham's bosom. Yeah, we always like that one. That's a good one. And uh, the other one was carried to another place. You know place. what? If I had a comfort food diner... I think I'd call it Abraham's, Abraham's bosom. bosom. Yeah, you would have to serve matzo balls for sure. Matzo yeah. ball soup is amazing. You know, and now Miss Dorothy was telling us about matzo lasagna. What do you think about that matzo lasagna? It probably horrible. I looked it up. There are a lot of recipes for matzo lasagna. Why would you do that? I don't know. When but pasta I, I think is it's readily worth available. I, well, no, nah, not in Israel. So uh, we might need to look that one up. Anyway, so um, so the rich man he, which is really fascinating in that passage of scripture because it says that. He was arrayed in fine linen and purple, which purple is a royal color, uh, a, a color that was associated a lot of times with royalty, and fine linen is associated with a priest. So you can speculate that this is someone who's a, a, probably a part of the high priest or the chief priest mm-hmm. family that's being referred to. So here the guy you would expect would go to heaven, shall we say? Be a big cheese, yeah. He ends up in what is called in Greek, Hades, and he is under torment. And so there, there is a belief, and I, I tend to find myself leaning towards this way, on pre the coming of Jesus, what would happen to people who died in faith? They were looking mm-hmm. forward to salvation coming from God, that, because Old Testament saints were saved by faith as well. We know that from Hebrews chapter 11. So um, I believe that those who looked forward to the salvation that God would bring, they would end up in this place of comfort, awaiting the time of the sacrifice of Jesus, the lamb that would, slain, would be slain. And, uh, and the other people would go to another place called Hades, a, a place of torment. And so now, once a person who is a Christian who believes in Jesus dies, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I believe it's in 2 Corinthians 5 that Paul talks about that. So then you will be with the Lord immediately upon death. 
Uh, but the person who dies without having trusted in God for salvation and Christ for salvation, that person does, you know, there is a punishment. And this punishment is referred to in the scriptures as Gehenna or Hades or hell or a place of torment or Sheol. Sheol, Sheol yeah. Sheol, yeah. Sheol in, in Hebrew is generally translated the grave, but, right. you know, yeah. yeah. So I got I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, I think it does, and I got a two-minute on it. Yeah. I was going to say is, I think it's really important for us not to have the wrong attitude about God. And so... Um, yeah, I talked about this in the Hell series. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I just feel that you have to remember that all the good things that I do in my life, not that there's a lot of them, but I'm just saying, like, if I have compassion for people, if I have grace for people, if I have mercy for people, if I have justice for people... Um, kindness towards people. Those are all things of God. Right. And so I... And he is far more of those things than we ever will be. Exactly. I am never going to, by my judgment, put myself in a position where I think that I am more forgiving, more gracious, better than God, because it's just not the truth. And one of my favorite passages that deals specifically with Mm -hmm. that is Abraham's question of God just before God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis 18. I believe it's verse 25. He says, shall not the judge of all the earth right. be right? Per so adventure. if, we, if yeah. We, yeah, I love that word. If we have an expectation of justice and righteousness, that's coming from the fact that God created us in his image and give, has given to us a, a desire and sense, a sense of and a desire for justice. But God is, we, we can never be more just, more merciful, more gracious, more righteous than God. So when Abraham says, shall not the earth, judge of all the earth do right? He's questioning the justice and righteousness of God, and God proves his his rightness, his righteousness mm-hmm. in his dealings with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, I believe. And I think it gives us some indication about how will God deal with uh, people, especially, you know, you know, not just from this question, what about the people who never had an opportunity to hear about Jesus, who died, who lived and died in a place where there was no witness of Christ in the gospel? I have to trust that God is going to deal righteously. And on the day of Christ, when there is judgment handed down, we will all look at it and say he's completely right in what he's doing. He's just. Right. And I don't want anybody to confuse this with us trying to humanize God. Right. It's the other way around. Right. Right. We're, we're getting these, these what we would generally call good human attributes yes. from God. It certainly didn't come from the devil. Solidly agree. Yeah. So, okay. I, I feel like we answered that. I do too. All right. So, number five. Question from last week's point one. It seems like we will always be desperate for competent leadership if we are only given two main choices to choose from. Mm. They put Republican and Democrat. How do we vote for leaders that are obviously not qualified, yet they are, are your only options? So, yeah, I definitely have a few common wisdom things to say about that. Yeah, I think we probably both have a lot to say about this. Uh, I'll throw out as a first thing, uh, we probably need some more people who are competent and godly people to run for office. Uh, maybe from within our own church to run for office at some of the local things, to run for city council, to run for school board, to run for some of the things in this area right. and see if maybe the Lord would lead you with biblical values and competence and hopefully some wisdom that you've gleaned from the scriptures to move up into other higher areas of uh, leadership and, and roles like that. I mean, I know we had on our show a couple of weeks ago, our friend Rob McCoy. Yeah. And, you know, I think Rob is a wise pastor and definitely governed by the scriptures. And he, he was concerned about the, uh, the leadership in his own area. So 
he ran for office at city council. He became a council member in Thousand Oaks, and then he became mayor of Thousand Oaks. And in everything that we're going through right now, he resigned his seat on the city council because he objected to some of the things that were happening and everything that's going on right now. So you can agree or disagree with with Rob, but you have to you have to say, well, listen, he put his money where his mouth is, if you will, by saying, we need better leaders. I don't like the leadership that we're seeing, so I'm going to step out and uh, put myself into that spot. So that's one thing that, yeah, well, it would be great to see some more competent leaders who are led by the wisdom of scriptures, the scriptures. But I, I think that has something to do with the fact that maybe the church has, I, I had to kind of talk about this a little bit on social media, that the church has uh, maybe bought the line or the lie, we should say, that Christians should keep their uh, their faith quiet and, and behind closed doors. I think that's completely against the scriptures. So, but remember, the leaders we have at local level, state level, national level, are the leaders we voted for. Right. And and I'm going to say another thing here before I throw a grenade. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, pull I'll, that pen. Yeah, I'll pull the pen in a minute. But um, you honestly, the things that we hear about our leaders through the media, yeah, I don't think they're accurate. Not always. Not on always. both sides. Yeah, on both yeah. sides. I, right. I, I'm not picking a side here. Um, I just hear bad mouthing and this right. and that, and and um, I'll I'll listen to an address and I'll think, wow, that person really made sense, right? And then I'll hear the other side panning that person about what an idiot they are, and and I think you know these people didn't all rise to this level of leadership because they're idiots. Yeah. And, and so, I think- and, and, you know, part of what you're saying right there goes back to my concern. And one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I encourage people to take a fast from the news yeah. is that I'm very concerned that the news media in America, and I don't care what you're watching, you know, watch the right Fox news, watch the left MSNBC, watch anything in between or on the spectrum between, I don't care, Fox news, CBS, CNN, all of them. I think that there is a certain perverse incentive structure right. in American news media because it is commercial. It, it's a business. And so these people make money when they get viewers and they get advertisers who can advertise to those viewers. So there's a perverse incentive for these people to give a certain kind of line that's going to try and get as many viewers as possible. And then as a result, uh, they, they capitalize and they, they, I sometimes think they hype hysteria on a number of things. And we see that in all kinds oh, of different I, And I know they do by right. the way they headline things. And right. I, I'll tell you, our modern-day news on both sides, in my opinion, this is Mark's opinion, I think it's borderline treasonous. It can, what, can be. What they do to you and I in this country with some of the lies that they spread or the way they frame things yeah. uh, to sell, ultimately, to sell products. Right. To take for money, for, for mammon. Yeah. So what anything I w- that has a commercial structure where you got to watch advertising on it, it's a business. Yeah. Recognize it's a business. Exactly. So here's my grenade for the week. Okay. Pen is out. Pen is out. I'm tossing. Don't drop it. that clip until you throw yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. We do not have prayer in schools because we don't have prayer in home. We do not have godly leaders because we do not raise godly leaders. We're yeah. too busy, distracted. Uh we are not instilling Christian solid values nor leading a solid Christian life that our children would emulate to become the leaders of tomorrow. We're not placing them. This is a blanket general blanket statement. statement. Yeah, I'm just saying my people, right? We know better. We should be better. We've been commanded by scripture to be better and we don't do this. And so you reap 
what you sow. Absolutely. This is the predictive prophecy that is there, cause and there effect. There you go. You reap what you sow. We have, I cannot believe the amount of people I talk to, the man on the street, that do not even have a basic biblical knowledge of characters in the Bible. Right. I mean, they, they thought Noah was a movie. Okay. And this is because parents did not pass this on to their children in a responsible way. We're going to talk on this a lot in Deuteronomy 6. Or did not give an example to where their kids never had faith. Christian education begins at home. Or left the faith, yes, because we didn't set the example. And I am responsible, right? pastor or not, I've always taken that there's a responsibility for my wife and I to model Christian behavior, even when it's painful, even when... It's not convenient right. to our children because I don't want them to see us as their representatives of Christ at the time when they're young yeah. as being hypocrites or phony. And then understand also, like, here's a couple of things that really come to mind on this whole political thing. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've now had the opportunity of being a lead pastor, senior pastor of a church through two different presidential elections where two different individuals got elected as president. And uh, so I got to hear all kinds of things coming when Barack Obama was elected, when Donald Trump was elected. And I have told people so many times that, number one, the, the administration that is elected, whether it's the people that, who control Congress or the person who's at the head of the executive branch, they are an indicator of where the nation is. They, they tell us kind of the temperature of what's going on in the nation. And I think you should be less concerned about what that individual or that party is going to do as much as what the people who voted them into power have already done. So they're an indicator of what's happening in the nation. Second thing, when politics becomes a religion, which it is in America, oh, man. then people look for their savior in politics. And our Messiah is not a politician. And so we need to be very careful anytime when you start hearing people talk with messianic terms about people who are political leaders. It's just not the way it is. Well, it's not truth, and it's not biblical. Man, we are throwing grenades like crazy. You know today. what? I've, Boom! We're going to tick some. You people know what off. it is? We've, you know we've gotten to our limit, and now it's just all cold-blooded love and no spiritual well, mentality. You know what? I, I, I'm. This, this is what forty days and quarantine will do to you. Well, people go. Do you think this is a plague sent upon sinners? And I go. Yeah, I know. I saw that too. That was an article I read today. I didn't bring yeah, up. Yeah, and this I'm God's like, judgment. Well, it's certainly not God's blessing. I'm hoping it gets Christians off their butts and invites some people to church. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm not. I don't misunderstand. I did not just say that this is God's judgment. But no. anything in this world that is broken and falling apart is an indication of the re- the result of ultimate sin. Where did death ultimately come from? Sin. So I was I was doing a little you know read little reading this morning. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, there was basically God is calling Egypt out in uh, Jeremiah, and he's going to use Nebuchadnezzar as his chosen instrument. If God can use Nebuchadnezzar to change the world, he can certainly use the circumstances revolving a influenza that we can't see. Yeah, he can use it. He can use it. Right. I'm not saying he caused it, right. but he can use it. Because Nebuchadnezzar was not a nice guy. Truly. There are those who think he may be saved, though, now. So it's possible. There's been talk about that. So anyway, there's my grenade. I threw it. We should probably move on. Yeah. Do we have another political question? Let's see. I think it's number six. Oh, boy. All right. The coronavirus has been called The the beast. Is this what the book of Revelation was talking about? 
I thought the Beast was a supercomputer. What is your opinion? <laughs> no and no. 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 The, the Beast is not a supercomputer as far as I can tell. That's not what it's talking about. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. I don't the, even know what to say. Okay. No, but this person. No, this is a good question. This is a I good so question because so this person it. has been taught and listened. Yeah. To what we refer to, what was once referred to as newspaper eschatology, and now I like to call it YouTube eschatology, and it's called Bible speculation and not Bible interpretation. And um, I think we need to be very, very careful. Which about, leads to distractulation. Oh, my gosh. Be yeah. very, very careful about all the conspiracy theories that are going around right now. Uh, someone sent me a video of people on CBS News, the morning show, getting implantable chips, and look at what they're doing. And I looked at the date from the video. It was from 2017. So that's a few years ago. Uh, that's not what's going on right at this moment. And I remember, and you might remember this too, I remember when the, er when the internet was in its early days, in the late 90s, right before Y2K, there was a big thing going around on the internet when there was hardly any pictures on the internet. It was all text. And I was kind of like uh, a geeky uh, internet kid, you know, growing up in the late 90s. And, um, and they were talking about the implantable chip back then and talking about how it is the mark of the beast and how the internet is the mark of the beast and all these things are the mark of the beast. And they said the same thing when checks started. And then they said the same thing when credit cards started. And they'll say the same thing when uh, cryptocurrency takes off and we finally make all our money back, Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fat <laughs> chance. So, uh, Tron's yeah. going to save us, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would, I would say my encouragement, and I've said this before about revelation, when you're reading the book of revelation, look more for what the book of revelation can teach you about the nature of Jesus than what the book of revelation can teach you about the antichrist. Look for Christ more than the antichrist. There you go. That's not to say that there aren't important things that you can learn and potentially interpret, but we need to hold all of those speculations we have about Bible prophecy with a very open grip. And um, there, I think there's going to be a lot of things when Jesus returns that we're going to have kind of rosy red blushing cheeks about what we thought we knew about the end times that we just had no idea about. That's not to say that I don't believe that Jesus is coming again. I, I wholeheartedly look forward to the second coming, and I have certain views on what prophetic events might happen in the lead up to that. Um, not something to necessarily jump into today, but, but yeah, I do not believe that the coronavirus is the beast of revelation and uh, the, the things that are going around the internet about that and Bill Gates being the Antichrist and all these other things. Yada, 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 yada. I picture the Antichrist being much taller. And way, well, I've never way, actually, I've never actually buffered, seen Bill know? in yeah. person. He might be tall. How tall is Bill Gates? Well, I don't Who knows? Know. Let's find out how tall Let's Bill see. Gates how is. Let's see. How tall is Bill Gates? Let me tell you who I know. He's eight feet tall. No. no. <laughs> oh, he's, he's shorter than I thought. How tall do you think? 5'9". Yeah, you're close. 5'10". There you go. 5'10". So now that being said, with all the things going on, you can certainly see the things that are going on out there, how people can be conditioned, how this could happen. Right. Absolutely. I don't deny that. Um, uh, the technology exists for it. Yes. Um, I think even private industry, you and I see yeah. how um, private industry is demonetizing things. Yeah, the censorship is coming more from private industry and social media than it is from the government. At right. The I mean, Google and Facebook and, Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all, the, all those things. Time. Um, have more to say about what you're allowed to put out there as far as free yeah. speech and, and all that. Yeah, they did the government fake news and yeah, yeah uh, and crazy. as the government you know uh, ever did. So, did you see that article I sent you the other day with the Chinese? Which one? It was on USA Today or something where um, they actually were the ones they believe it was Chinese spies that started the. Oh yeah, started to push all the hysteria in America. Yeah, who knows, man? I mean, social media is powerful. 
Yeah, people get very easy out. to steer the narrative. Yeah, with social media, with a very little bit of capital investment, it doesn't cost a lot. Well, my daughter and I were joking around. We said we were going to start the rumor that coronavirus was spread through the internet. Well, that's basically already going around with five G, five G internet. You got all kinds of people talking about five G cell towers or the cause of the internet. I, that's why I have my aluminum foil hat, and my there Sasquatch outfit. I'm I ready. had to buy my wife a new cell phone because her cell phone broke. And was we it turned the five? it on and it said 5G. I was like, how come you got 5G and I don't got 5G? You she know said, what? I have AT&T and you have T-Mobile. <sighs> That's okay. It works good in Germany. It does. Thank yeah. you. I knew you'd say yeah, Some 6G. Okay, moving on. Yeah, I want some 6G cell. Okay. So it's not the beast. All right. Number I seven. So. I know you have taught First John. My question is on 516. The sin leading to death is the unpardonable sin, right? Question mark. Should we not pray for those who don't believe Jesus? Oh, wow. Should we not pray for those? No, I think we should pray for those. Um, in fact, Paul tells us explicitly, I believe it's in 2 Timothy, that God desires that all people would be saved. And so he explicitly tells us in, uh, I want to say it's, uh, let's see, Second is it 1 Timothy? I hate when I get my addresses wrong. I'm horrible at addresses. Okay, it's yeah. 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2. Therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplications and prayers and intercessions be and givings of giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that they may lead a quiet and peaceful life, in godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. So he tells us to pray for unbelievers. 1 Timothy chapter 2. So that's the first thing we need to kind of get in order on this passage. Now then, the other issue on... First John, was it? Chapter 5, verse yeah, 16. 16. Yeah, so in that passage in First John where it is talking about, I believe that's the passage that's talking about sin leading to death. Is that what they're kind of referencing there mm-hmm. in that passage? Yeah. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of speculation and difference of opinion about exactly what um, John is talking about in that passage about uh, a sin not leading to death versus a sin leading to death. And um, generally speaking, I would say that the sin that has to do with... Um, Will, which will ultimately lead to the second death, is the rejection of Jesus as the sacrifice for your sin. So if you reject Jesus, then um, there is no salvation because the book of Hebrews says there is no other sacrifice other than Jesus Christ. And so his atoning sacrifice is the only sufficient sacrifice to deal with our sin. And if you reject Jesus, then there's nothing. I So... When I was a new Christian, I asked this question. Yeah. Because I'm going through the Bible, and it was great. I had mentors around me, and this one crusty old Christian says, well, Mark, for people to, to commit that sin, they have to they basically have to step over Jesus' crucified and resurrected body. So they don't do this by accident. This is with full knowledge they have to step over Jesus's, you know, crucified and resurrected body yeah. to, to earn it. And I thought, well, that's a way to say it, I guess. I never forgot that. Yeah. So, okay, I think we nailed that, right? Yes. See, we talked about this on the questions podcast too. Looking back, we did in September of 2019 at length. So, if you go and check out our podcast from September of 2019, we did uh we talked about this quite a bit, and and I brought up at that point in time the passage in First Timothy chapter two verses one through four. Okay. So we are 
we are encouraged to pray for those who have not yet put their faith in Jesus and to pray that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. And, uh, yeah. Because that's what God wants, and we want to be like God. Right. God wants people to be saved. Yeah. I want to I wanna have the same attitude. Okay, number one. La- I mean, number, oh, eight, number eight, last, number eight, last one. one. We made it. For the rapture, I have heard we should be looking to the sky. Does this mean literally watching the sky for Jesus or be living your life in readiness, being about the Father's business? Yes. So the idea of looking up into the sky comes from Jesus' teaching in the Gospel of Luke. Look up for your redemption. Right. He says, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift your heads because your redemption draws near. That's Luke 21, 28. So that that has to do, it's a passage of scripture that correlates with Matthew 24 called the Olivet Discourse. And Jesus is teaching in that passage about the things that we should be you know, that, that are going to be happening near the second coming of Christ. And he gives a long list, and it's it's way longer than what I could go into in this passage. So some people have taken that to mean that we need to, you know, actually literally put our eyes on the sky and just keep looking up into the sky. And and uh, and then, you know, because oh. of the passage in Acts 1, it says, oh. you know, this Jesus who you saw ascending up into heaven, he shall return, you know, with the clouds in the future kind of thing. So people say, oh, it's a cloudy day. Jesus could return. It's like, come on, you are reading the Bible the wrong way. And uh, I think that you need to recognize that, yes, what is said in this question is that we need to be prepared. And in the very same passage in the Olivet Discourse, when you get into Matthew chapter 25, the end of Matthew 24 and the beginning of Matthew 25, or through Matthew 25, Jesus tells three parables. He tells the parable about the ten virgins who were prepared. Mm-hmm. He tells the, the parable about the, uh, the wise servants and the unwise servants mm-hmm. who were not prepared for their master's coming. And uh, one other parable, I'm trying to remember what it was, but the, the whole point of those passages was that the person who is weddy, or waiting for the coming of the Lord. Weddy. 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 Be whoa, be we children of be wild. Right. That they yeah. are living their lives in readiness and they are waiting and watching and working until the Lord returns. And, uh, and be one of those servants whom the Lord finds being faithful when he does return. So instead of just staring at the sky get to work and fulfill the commission that Jesus, that he, he set us to a task and uh, we want him to find us so doing when he comes back. It would be great if the Lord returned right in the middle of the questions podcast. We just go, all right guys, let's go out. Yeah. And then the, the line would just go dead. That sounds like my last EKG. I hope not. No. Um, so we, we should have just cut it right there. That would have been just like we got raptured. They got, they got taken out. Yeah. Yeah. There will be no episode next week because they got rapture. We went to heaven. So actually he's going to bring heaven to earth. When there happens. even was a teaching out there that we need to be looking at the signs and the seasons and the clouds. Oh yeah. There's the, so the, many the, things, all different these things ways that people interpreted it. Now I'll say in a figurative way, spiritually. Yeah. Not a bad thing to sit on your lawn and stare up at the sky once in a while at night and consider the greatness of God and all he has constructed. And the fact that there was a promise even to Abraham that he'd have more, descendants than the stars in the sky or the sand right, and the, you right. know and so um there's definitely artsy ways i'd say or spiritual oh, yeah. ways to look at this but it's not literal yeah and i i mean i am of the opinion that you need to maintain a balance between the literal and the figurative readings of things like this mm-hmm. um there are some people who read the bible overly literally and there are some people who uh take it to be way too figurative and i think that if you get too far to either side then you're going to misunderstand and misinterpret things that are happening in the scriptures. And um, 
I guess I'll leave it at that. I was just, I was just, I'm in the middle of a theology class that I'm taking right now. And uh, the professor, very nice guy, he's very passionate about eschatology. And we just got to the point in this 30-week-long theology class where he's talking about eschatology. And his, uh, he was a big push. And he and I, we would pretty much agree on about 98% of eschatology and the way we interpret things. But he, he is far more literal on some interpretations than I would be. And I feel like he's pushed it a little bit far. Um, I actually have to write some... Uh, some discussion posts on this. So we'll see how, how he receives my, I, um, I, I feel those could be a grenade thrown. Yeah. I can't wait. I, but you know me, I'm going to, I'm going to give some caveats and some preface. You're going to, yeah, you're going to be a name it I'm and disclaim it. I'm going to be diplomatic. There you go. Diplomatic. Yeah. I don't like to, no, I do like to ruffle feathers. Never mind. I shouldn't have said that. That's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up lie. Oh, yeah. I caught myself. I caught myself. Yeah, well, you know. Anyway, so there it we go. It pays way more to be diplomatic at home. I think diplomacy is not a bad idea, but sometimes you have to go to war. Yeah, I think some there's a time I mean, to... Chamberlain learned that the hard way. Yes, he did. Churchill did it right. Yeah. I think. And what did Churchill say about a crisis? Never let a good crisis go to waste. It wasn't Rahm Emanuel that started it. Nope. It Churchill. Churchill. Old guy. Yes. Old grouchy guy. He Did was you the, see that movie? He was the... No, I haven't seen okay, it. Okay, you I'm need to see to. the Churchill movie. He uh, is a great... The guy who played Churchill in that movie, I don't even know what actor it was, but boy, he played a good Churchill. It really? was great. I watched it on one of those little tiny screens on the airplane. Did you see the movie, The uh, King's Speech? I did. I thought that was good, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, crazy. I forget what the guy's... Who was the guy who abdicated the throne? That was King... Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Do you know where that dude hid out? Little known fact. I thought he went to Canada somewhere. He hid out at Lake Wolford. No. Yes. Shut up. Yep. Melrose Ranch. And that's why Escondido is on the map. Well, I mean, it's the, for the rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about If you don't want to be found. Have you been down to that little area down on Grand Avenue where they have that little maple street yes, thing? Yes, with a brick. The, sign, the brick. You and I might have seen that at this. Uh, I posted it on, on, okay, yeah. on Instagram one time. And it's like, I don't remember who the guy's name was, but basically he was like a, in his time, he was like a mega millionaire and he died penniless in Escondido. It's like, okay, wait a minute. This is what we're going to memorialize in Escondido as this is the place where millionaires go to die penniless. Thank you very much. Well, you know what happened? What? All of his money went to that new sign. <laughs> Down on Grand Avenue. What? Uh, what? Why did we need? I mean, I it's realize important. it's important. Encinitas had a sign. We needed a sign. When you wake up a 3D bender from meth, and you wake up and you Where see, am I? oh yeah, oh, I'm Escondido. in Escondido. Okay, good. Oh, I forgot. Well, thank you. They, we are so getting ourselves in trouble. Oh, what, they must have spent like. This five, is what I, it looks like: punchy Mark and Miles, five hundred and scoffer. Oh, there you go. People walking around with masks outside. Man, I'm getting punchy. I. You know what? I took my mask off today. Oh, yeah? I walked into Walmart yeah. with it on the top of my head so it looked like a yarmulke with straps. And when I was leaving, I ran into a church guy, Scotty Johnson from yeah. Maranatha. Mm -hmm. And he's known me for years. And he's like, hey, you're wearing that thing wrong. I go, what are you talking about? He goes, it's supposed to go over your face. I go, no, no. I go, this is a yarmulke. It's Passover, right? And he just, he couldn't stop laughing. And then I just walked out like nothing happened. There you go. Well, Mark, I'm ornery today. 
Yeah. You know, we need people to let us know. Oh, now I'm sad. Talk to me, Goose. I thought maybe I could bring a tear to your eye as we close the podcast today. Oh, man. Uh, Goose, he hit the lever. He hit the top of the hatch. Uh, it moved. You got to let him go, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. I got, I got tears in my eyes. Man. <sighs> Negative Ghost Rider. The pattern is pulled. Hmm. Any parting words on episode 60? Stay minty, my friend. Stay cold-blooded. Wow.